0: What's up, boxing fans? Today, we're breaking down Pacquiao versus Vargas, looking ahead to Kovalev versus Ward, finally, and a look at this day in boxing history. Stay tuned.
1: You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. That's
0: nice. I've missed this theme. I've, I've missed this. It's been a few months since we've had a big marquee fight, but we're back here at the Afterbuzz TV Studios. I'm Jared Gilkerson that's at Gilkerson Radio on Twitter. solo show today. It's been a solo show for a while now. I can hold it down with all of you in the chat. So we're live right now on YouTube. join us on YouTube. We'll be chatting. Bring up any thoughts on last night's fight. And a look ahead to Kovalev Ward. You can also download this show on iTunes, SoundCloud. Use the hashtag ABTVBoxing on Twitter. That'll help me out. That'll help the show out. That'll help AfterBuzz TV out. And you'll be able to keyword and search all the conversations we've ever had about boxing. But I digress. And we'll move to last night's big fight. At the Thomas & Mack Center, Manny Pacquiao versus Jesse Vargas. Not sure how this would be received. This was a very odd build-up to this fight because there really wasn't any build-up. Manny Pacquiao retired back in April and then announced he would be coming back. Most boxing fans wanted to see him fight uh, Terrence Crawford. We didn't get to see that. Really looking forward to that, but it just didn't happen. And when he picked Jesse... You know, Jesse's, on most rankings, uh, a fringe top 10 guy, even though he has a WBO belt. Um, He's a good fighter. You know, Timothy Bradley beat him. And that was his lone loss until last night after, you know, we'll break that down in a sec. But it was odd because HBO didn't want to pick up this fight because they wanted to uh, leave a few weeks open to the buildup of Kovalev Ward. So top rank said, "The hell with them. We're going to promote our own fight. We're going to do everything. We're going to choose a broadcast team. And so last night we got Brian Kinney, uh, Timothy Bradley, and Stephen A. Smith. And um, decent crew. Uh, I think you could do that with just two guys. Uh, I think you could do without Stephen A. Smith. Listen, he's a polarizing figure. You'll love him or hate him. I'm not a fan. But uh, let's jump into what happened last night. So we had Pacquiao last night, 58-6-2, 38 KOs versus Jesse Vargas 27 and 1 10 KOs. Listen, um we don't need to break this down round by round, but uh, I'll I'll tell you how I scored this fight. I scored this fight 118-109. Um two of the judges also scored it 118-109 for Pacquiao. And one judge had it 114-113 for Manny Pacquiao. Uh, Bob Arem Bob Aram came out today and said how displeased uh, he was with that scorecard. And That is a bit concerning because you know I think the I think at best you could give Jesse Vargas at best four rounds at best so that'd be 8 to 4 so that wouldn't even be close um to have it a one point fight it's just it's not right Manny consistently brought the fight to Jesse Jesse was on his heels moving back moving back now sometimes he was successful on his heels sometimes that jab worked sometimes the the hook to the body worked that straight right hand hit flush, but what I took away from this fight last night was that in the first third of the fight, rounds one through four, Manny looked fast, he looked interested, and he looked a little mad. He looked mean, and a mad Manny Pacquiao is really fun to watch, so I was hoping that would carry over into the you know the middle of the fight and then the last few rounds. Um, But, of course, I I ended up scoring rounds five and six for Jesse Vargas. He got back into the fight. Vargas was landing some really solid shots, a good jab, caught Manny off guard while he was fixing his trunks at one point, which was a great point that Timothy Bradley brought up in the fight, that uh, Manny has some ticks and some tells, and sometimes you can exploit those tells. Uh, Again, in the sixth round, Vargas had a great straight right hand, uh, landed a, a solid jab, And I had it 58-55 after 6. So rounds 7 and 8 were, in my opinion, the most pivotal rounds in this fight. Round 7, it looked like Vargas took the round off. It looked like he was kind of spent from winning the two rounds previous on my card. And round 8, Manny stole round 8 in the last minute. It was a turning point in the fight. Vargas could have kept it semi-close. But really couldn't hold on. Tried to exchange. He tried to exchange instead of picking his spots. When Vargas picked his spots uh, and wasn't too tentative, he could land flush on Manny. Uh, But instead, he got caught inside, tried to play Manny's game, and really, really kind of ruined his night, in my opinion, in round eight. Could have maybe stayed in the fight and kept it within distance of maybe making it a close fight. But then I I had just a a flush. The last four rounds, I I scored for Manny. So 118-109. The final punch stats, when you land 36% to 19%, Manny 147 of 409 and Jesse 104 of 562, you're going to win fights. Manny just, at 37 years old, he'll be 38 next month, still looked really, really sharp in the ring um, against a belt holder in the welterweight division. That's great. So Manny has said that he doesn't he never carried his power very well from 140 to 146. He hasn't had a knockout in a number of years. So where do we go from here uh, with each fighter? We'll get Jesse Vargas out of the way. Jesse Vargas is, you know, a fringe top 10 guy. He's a really solid fighter. Uh, he hit Manny Flush in a few different rounds. was competitive at times. Uh, I think he can make a great fight with anybody in the welterweight division. So I support him. Give, put him up against anyone in the top ten. Anyone that you can. Keith Thurman. you know, uh, Timothy Bradley again. There's opportunities there. Garcia. But move on to the more interesting storyline. Manny Pacquiao, where does he go from here? Um, it, it seems like uh, retirement didn't really agree with him because at the end of the fight, Stephen A. Smith asked him what he wants to do. And he said, I'll, I'll fight who my team wants to fight. I, I hate that answer. I hate when fighters don't just say what they want to do. Uh, he was trying to get him to answer, Hey, Floyd Mayweather too, or uh, someone else in the welterweight division. And M- Manny won't name names. You know, it's Oh, what's my team want to do? Of course you want to fight somebody. You're a fighter. Don't you want to fight somebody? Don't you see someone that you'd like to, to be up against, but he really doesn't speak out about it. Um, in a perfect world, let's let's build this scenario. Manny Pacquiao, the best fight for, for fight fans right now would be against Terrence Crawford at 140. That would be amazing. Manny is a better fighter at 140. Terrence Crawford is, you know, the 140 king. And it would just be an uber competitive fight. Manny isn't what he was five or six years ago, but he hasn't lost a lot. Um, but he has always he did lose his power he 's correct he lost his power and he moved up to welterweight that 's where the money is the money's at welterweight but I think there 's a lot of money that you could could be made with Terence Crawford, but once again they float out floyd mayweather and i 'm sorry i i I would be front and center i 'd be watching the fight as a boxing fan, but I really don't want to see those two fight again um Floyd was their ringside this weekend and you know, shrugged his shoulders when Brian Kenny asked what he thought of the fight, which was funny. But I don't know how you get a different result. Um, Manny is not going to knock out Floyd Mayweather, I don't think. And uh, you're just you're going to get a very similar fight, and I don't think it's needed. And a second fight that is not being talked about as much because this opponent has said he wants to fight once more, wanted to fight Miguel Cotto recently, was um, Marquez. And now I know Manny Pacquiao and, and uh, Marquez have have fought four times before, but I would love to see a fifth fight because those guys have each other's number. You know that they're just so evenly matched through the years. And Manny's a little older, Marquez is a little older, so I think you'd see another action fight uh, just for the sake of an action fight. I think it would be great. So my two picks are are Pacquiao, uh, Marquez as a runner up, and. Pacquiao versus Crawford now we got some people in the chat room uh uh Tamara Johnson or is that Tamara Johnson I'm not sure what but um uh did Vargas win no Vargas did not win Vargas lost by uh unanimous decision uh but he seemed upbeat about it he was he almost you could see him in the corner expecting to win and then the disappointment went away quickly and he said he could learn a lot from this fight and he wasn't that disappointed which I thought was strange but which tells me that I, I don't think he really thought that he won the fight. Uh but um but yes, Tamara, he did um he did lose Pacquiao beat him up. Uh messed up his eye too. His eye was uh bleeding on the side of his, you know, his nose and his eye was uh was bleeding. But, you know, overall a um a pretty decent fight. Uh I can't complain. It was a decent fight. Uh we can talk about kind of the uh you know, top rank. Listen, the numbers aren't in from last night. So we still don't know uh what the specifics are how many pay-per-view uh pay-per-view buys uh, the one thing I did love that top rank offered was you could buy this pay-per-view online you could buy it you could watch it with your tablet your computer whatever which is great because you don't get that from HBO and you don't get that from Showtime um and you, that to me is where the sport should be heading so hopefully I really hope Top Rank put up some good numbers last night so they continue to do this, so that option is still available for people who don't have HBO or Showtime and people who cut the cord with cable. We don't need that anymore. So that's the positive last night. So hopefully the numbers come in. Fingers crossed. Uh, Stephen A. Smith is terrible, and he can't do math. If you heard him after round six, he said Vargas was ahead on his card, but, man, he had won three rounds So I'm not sure how Vargas could have been ahead. Um, And he makes it too much about himself and not about the fight. His analysis is just off. And maybe he'll get better with time if he does more. But he just kind of sounded foolish with Timothy Bradley next to him, a fighter who's been in the ring with Manny Pacquiao three times. I think he knows what he's talking about over Stephen A. Smith. Um, uh, I would have rather listened to Brian Kinney and Timothy Bradley. I think a two-person team would have been fine. It looks bad to me to have the fight at Thomas and Mac. Makes it seem lower quality, uh, not having it on the strip. Thomas and Mac used to host a ton of fights back in the day, but ever since now the new T-Mobile Arena and then MGM Grand uh, used to be Caesars, but it feels like if it's not on the strip, it feels like it's not a, a true big night. It's my opinion. Um, loses some of its story luster to me, not being on HBO or Showtime. Uh, I didn't really know where to find any promotional aspects of this fight. Was there a twenty four seven style show for it? I don't think so. There's something. To, there is something to be said about the quality of a broadcast that HBO usually does for a Pacquiao fight, and the build up, and the story, and what's new with each fighter. Uh, they really know how to build uh, personality and character into each fighter and get you even more excited. Um, so that's something I think Top Rank will have to work on. You know, maybe Top Rank. Top rank can start their own network. Uh, I know that's very hard to do in boxing. and uh, Golden Boy is doing some really good things out here in Los Angeles. And I just saw recently that they were broadcasting some of their fights live on Twitter, which is really cool in the direction that the sport needs to go in. So hopefully the numbers come in and they're, and they're good. Uh, but it did feel a little off having it um, as just a top rank promotion. But I really do hope the best. I, I hope they uh, put up some good numbers. Um, so we'll have to see in the next couple of days what those no- numbers are. Um, let's move ahead to the big fight in two weeks. Sergey Kovalev versus Andre Ward. Um, this is great. This is the fight. This is one of two fights that boxing fans have really been looking forward to. Um, thank you uh, to Holly Wilde in the chat. Uh, she says that all sports should be going in this direction, uh, and I can't agree more. Uh, something needs to be done. Sports are very, very behind uh, uh, TV shows on the accessibility, and the accessibility directly after, a sh- you know, or or directly when, when a show premieres, being able to view it on multiple mediums, if that makes any sense, as I take a sip of my agua, dead air, Engineers hate the dead air, but that's okay. Solo show. You're going to get some dead air every now and then. Um, So Kovalev versus Ward. We're finally getting it. This is such a 50-50 fight. We've got Sergey Kovalev, 30-0-1, 26 KOs. Andre Ward, 30-0, 15 KOs. Kovalev's 33. Andre Ward is 32. You know, neither fighter has lost. So how do you pick who wins this fight? Well, I looked at some numbers, and it's hard to crunch the numbers, but Andre Ward, only three of his last 13 fights have ended in a KO. He's never been a big KO guy, and he hasn't needed to be. I mean, he dominated the Super 6 tournament years ago against some crazy competition, which we'll get into, but he he won't bring a KO threat to Kovalev. Um, and this is only his third official fight at light heavyweight, which to me is a huge storyline. For Sergey. He's been much more active in recent years and against better fighters. Uh, And 11 fights since 2013 for Sergey Kovalev compared to just four for Andre Ward. So, you know, without further ado, uh, let's get into my prediction for the fight in two weeks. Do we have that drop? I do love that drop. The prediction drop is a fun one. Let's play that quick one. Do you have that quick prediction? Drop? Your After yeah.
1: TV predictions.
0: Booyah. Let's get into it. So, Sergey Kovalev has fought at light heavyweight for his entire career. He's the only one to ever make Bernard Hopkins look foolish. You know, albeit Bernard was in his late 40s. Still, no one ever looked made Bernard look foolish. And he kind of did. Um He's also been more active in recent years. On the other hand, at one point in his career, Andre Ward rolled through fighters like, and get this list, Mikhail Kessler, Alan Green, Saki Obika, Arthur Abraham, Carl Frotch, and Chad Dawson. The guy was on fire during the Super 6 tournament and then afterwards. So Sergei can't match Andre Ward on that. But it's been over four years since he's been in the ring with anybody with top 10 skill. Andre Ward, that is. And this is really one of the most difficult fights I've ever had to predict. Uh, I'm sure for a lot of other analysts. Um, so because of his more recent fights versus good to great competition, Sergey, uh, his comfortableness in the light heavyweight division, and his power, I'm going with Sergey Kovalev by unanimous decision. Um with Sergey I feel like nothing really worries me. But again with with Andre, he hasn't shown the same dominance at 174 that he had at 168. Sergey's been camping out at 174 forever. You know, I think his pro career started in 2009, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm sure someone in the chat room will. But he's been in that division forever. So he's comfortable there and he's shown that he can fight very good competition in that division. And Andre, I see a little crack, just a little crack. And it, I I don't, you know, that's, it's tough to find, but I know that some people say that each fighter didn't look great in their last fight. You know, we had, we had Sergei Kovalev boxing Isaac Chalimba, but Isaac Chalimba is a top 10 light heavyweight. Sergey was back in his home country and, there's some things there. There's In the history, I heard Kathy Duva, who promotes Sergey Kovalev, talk about how Evander Holyfield fought in Atlanta years ago and then had a really sluggish fight. So this happens. And, you know, you're getting your friends tickets and all kinds of stuff. And, and there's family and there's friends. So your mind's not on the fight. But he still beat up Isaac Chalimba, a top 10 light heavyweight. Andre Ward fought Alexander Brand. And don't let the record fool you. He was 25... He's 25-1 and one now, but 25-0, tw- and 0, but he'd fought nobody. Alexander Brand was, for the lack of a better term, a bum, and and Andre couldn't, couldn't get rid of him. It was a unanimous decision. It was a very ugly fight. Before that, he fought Sullivan Barrera to unanimous decision, and Sullivan Barrera is a, a good young fighter, but he's not great. And before that, Paul Smith. Paul Smith was a nice TKO. But, I mean, this is a guy we're basing this guy's career on on beating guys like Kessler and Abraham and Frotch and Dawson, and being dominant, but look at his last, you know, four fights: Rodriguez, Smith, Barrera, and Brand, with one TKO. I don't think this is the same guy. I really don't. Um, I, I just, I just, I don't think it is. And um, maybe he's saving something for Sergey, not showing him everything. But I, I just don't see it. So once again. I could be proven wrong, but I'm, I'm, I'm sticking to my guns here and picking Sergey Kovalev by unanimous decision. Um, it's going to be a hell of a fight. It's going to be, I think, a real chess match in the first four rounds. You know, Both guys are going to try to find their openings, but I really like Sergey's power and pressure against Andre. I just like it, and I, and I like how comfortable he is at 174. So that's my prediction. Kovalev. Would love to hear your thoughts. I'd like to hear the fans' prediction of Kovalev Ward. I put a poll up on my Twitter. That's at Gilkerson Radio for uh, who do you think is going to win the fight? Straight up. Vote. You've got three days to vote. It'll be up there. I'll be promoting it all week on my Twitter. Would love to hear from the fans. Chime in. I want to hear from everyone. And then hopefully at fight night, I'll be hopefully tweeting live with some updates and round by round. And... It's going to be so much fun. So hopefully we get Triple G versus Canelo Alvarez soon to follow uh, next year. Um, let's move on. This is uh, one of my favorite segments, weekly segments. It's uh, This Day in Boxing History. And before we roll the tape, we got a few clips to show you. But this is one of my all-time favorite fighters. We go back to November sixth, nineteen 1993. Evander Holyfield versus Riddick Bowe 2 at Caesars Palace let's roll one of the most key pieces of footage one of the most epic moments here
1: at ringside and grabbing this gentleman who has created a monstrosity of an interruption in the bout his parachute has caught itself up on a row of ring lights now we're gonna take a look at an earlier shot of the parachutist before he came down there he was on the left of the ring and let's see what happened as he approached ringside Body landed on the ring apron, right on top of a variety of people. Uh, this is the most bizarre thing I've ever seen at a price fight, and I've seen a few things, things dangerous about this. It wasn't only a parachute; he's got some motorized. Exactly, it, it's a heavy capsule. It's a heavy capsule under that parachute with a motorized attachment. There could have been a propeller there, for all we know, George.
0: All right, we'll turn that down. That was, uh, of course, 23 years ago to the day. And we, I just got sucked up in that. I, I hope we were full screen with that. It was just me staring at a picture, and picture would have been terrible. But, uh, <laughs> uh, it, that, that's you're never gonna see that again. I mean, that was outdoors at Caesar's Palace. We had the the fan man. It's the fan man moment. I had to show that part. Uh, there was a fight. We'll show we'll show the end of the fight here in a bit. But it, it just insane in the middle of the fight. I mean, this guy. I mean, no one was hurt except for fan man later on by some guys in, I think it was, I believe it was Riddick Bowe's corner. We're beating the hell out of him. Um, <laughs> but this, 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 for lack of a better term again, this asshole flies into the ring with his motorized parachute or whatever the hell it was. And, and, and almost made it in the ring. Could have hurt the fighters. Could have hurt people at ringside. Could have hurt people in the corner, you know, badly. Um, so I, I don't mind if uh, some uh, Riddick Bowe's corner people took exception and he, uh, knocked him around a bit, but that was a, a moment that um, that the boxing fans and myself will never forget. That was insane. Um, and by the way, there was a fight going on. This is Evander Holyfield, Evander Holyfield versus Riddick Bowe 2. The first fight was amazing, and this was turning into another amazing fight. Um, and we'll show the uh, the last few moments from the fight here.
1: Couldn't quite take full advantage of it. Holyfield's mistake. He waded Looking as though they'd like to have a knockout. Crowd rises to its feet. For the second year in a row, they fought the fight of the year.
0: As Evander Holyfield gets tackled by his cornerman, that was a fun moment there. Yeah, and both sometimes, gentlemen, the sequel can be better than the original, even when the this original was, was terrific. Thank you, Harold Letterman. Um, so that was the end of the fight. Uh, Holyfield ended up winning a majority decision, a a hell of a close decision. Just a, an amazing um these it's sometimes you see guys like Marquez and, and Pacquiao, and this is Holyfield and Bo in my opinion at least in my lifetime one of the best rivalries in the sport especially when it's heavyweights they take so they take so much out of each other and when you you know it's like Ali and Frazier and Holyfield and Bo and these guys just are so equally matched and they're completely different fighters Bo is just a gigantic man and uh, just a great fighter never really hit his true potential and and Evander, we saw he fought forever and was, you know, one of the greatest heavyweights of all time, in my opinion. Um, but go back and watch their at least their first two of their three fights. The third fight wasn't awful, but it uh, people forget about it, and and people always forget. Bo beat him twice. Bo beat Bo had Holyfield's number, and um, you know, he just never quite got there. But this this fight was just. It gets overshadowed by Fan Man, and you know I'm sorry I had to show Fan Man. That's just a, one of the strangest thing that's ever happened in a live professional sporting event. I had to show Fan Man, but uh, I had to I had to show the end of the fight. There it was a great end of the fight, and these guys just brought out the best in each other. Um, we later saw that Holyfield kind of went down, losing to Michael. You know, he beat Bobby Ches, but then losing to Michael Moore, and then maybe having to retire early because he had a hole in his heart. But then. You know, he was you know, cured or saved, came back and then beat Mike Tyson twice in a row, revived his career. Uh, Riddick Bow just never really could capture uh much. He had some fights with Andrew Galata. We know those with the low blow fights, but, and then never really, never fought Lennox Lewis and never fought Mike Tyson or, or, or George Foreman and never any of the big names and kind of went into relative obscurity there. But go back and watch Holyfield Bow 2. Uh, and watch the first one while you're at it from the year before. Great fight. It's already been 23 years since that day. Um, and that puts a button on this episode of the Boxing After Show. Thank you for joining me because our, our, uh, our chat room was was alive today. Some people chiming in on Vargas and Pacquiao uh, and their thoughts on Kovalev Ward. I see that to Holly Wilde. She says uh, she thinks Kovalev's going to win. So hopefully she went on and voted in the poll. Check out me on Twitter at Gilkerson Radio. I put the poll up. Kovalev versus Ward. Who do you think is going to win? That fight's in two weeks. You got to watch that fight. Um, And use the hashtag ABTVBoxing when you do so. We're on iTunes, we're on SoundCloud, and of course, we're on right now live on YouTube, and it'll be archived forever. So you can go back and watch as much as you want. So until the next time, thank you for joining me for some great boxing goodness. Have a great day.
1: From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network.